This is the Reading Instruction Show. I'm your host, Dr. Andy Johnson. Today, we are talking about a more effective approach to spelling class. Now, weekly spelling tests have been the staple of elementary education for the last hundred years. Students are asked to memorize a list of words each week, and then they take a test on Friday. <clears throat> now, tests are corrected, scores are taken, and one is deemed to be a good speller or not a good speller. This would be a great way to teach spelling, except for one thing. It's not very effective. Studying a list of words out of any meaningful context has minimal effect in helping students' spelling proficiency or helping to develop students' spelling proficiency. And worse, it keeps students from having real writing experiences. So this podcast describes a better way to help students learn how to spell correctly in authentic writing conditions. <clears throat> so what's the difference between a good speller and a poor speller? Well, according to Richard Gentry, spelling proficiency might be attributed to one's visual memory capacity. That is, good spellers are better able to store and retrieve necessary letter patterns from their long-term memory when compared to less able spellers. So, effective spelling instruction then should focus on improving students' efficiency in this storage and retrieval process. This can be done by using activities and assignments that help students become more aware of letter patterns and word parts. So, an approach to spelling. Word class is an approach to spelling and instruction that I designed several years ago. This is an approach that meets the special needs of both high ability and low ability spellers. Here, students select the words that they wish to study each week. Sounds crazy, I know, but listen on. Choice, allowing students to choose the books they want to read, allowing them to choose their writing topics is a powerful motivator. Choice of spelling words is equally motivating. Word class teaches students how to generate and choose the words they will study each week. Now, choice here doesn't mean total choice all the time. This choice can happen in one of three forms. <clears throat> First, choice number one could be choice within a topic or category. Given a topic, students are asked to create their own spelling list. For example, if you're studying the rainforest in a science or social studies class, students would be asked to generate and choose a list of related words. Words could also be taken from a book students are reading or from current events. Spelling can then be used to reinforce concepts taught in other subject areas. As well, students are able to see their spelling words in places other than the list in their spelling book. Choice option number two would be choice within students' lives or experiences. This is sometimes called total choice. Here, students use their lives and experiences to create their own spelling list. 
This approach is usually the most interesting, as students search their lives for interesting and meaningful words. And the third choice is choice within a spelling pattern. While this is the least desirable of the three choice options, there are times when it's appropriate to generate a list of words around a spelling pattern. Here the teacher begins with a short mini-lesson covering a particular spelling pattern or skill, and then you generate some ideas. So, how do you generate spelling lists? Here's some ideas. But the big idea is that in word class, in this approach to spelling, each student studies a personalized list of words each week. This list can be generated in large group or small group. Now, to do it in large group, initially, the words for spelling lists are generated in large group with the whole class. This enables students to see many words and choose the ones that are of interest or importance to that student. Given a topic or a category, start by providing a couple examples of words within that category to prime the pump. Then, ask students to think of other words to be included. These words are written on the board or on a screen, and seeing words gives students ideas for other words. After a large number of words have been generated, students would then choose 8 to 10 words to study during the week or give them some specific number, and advise them to check the spelling of the words as you may not have gotten them just correct. So that would be one way. The other way would be pairs or small groups. You can make this a cooperative learning activity by defining specific tasks and creating roles, but the group's task is to generate 30 or so words for spelling lists, and this could be more or less depending on the age, each student then within that group chooses 10 words from the group's list to study that week. With primary students, use groups, groups of three or four students, intermediate to middle school, groups of four to six students. Another idea is spelling word sign-up. Here you put a large poster made of butcher paper on a bulletin board or a tape to the wall with next week's spelling topic. And there would be a pencil or a marker next to it with a string or some sort. And you would encourage students to think of and write interesting words on the poster. For example, next week's spelling words, if the topic was water resources, students during the, the, the week would write the words for the next week they think would be interesting or important. Or your life or words with an E-A. So that week, they would generate and write words on the board as they think of them, on the poster as they think of them. That way, you generate a list, and students could choose from that, those lists that they generated over a week. So, selecting words, multi-level. Students are able to choose their own words to study. But what if students just picked easy words, you say? well, then they'd be able to experience success. That's a good thing, right? However, most students choose words that are usually longer and more complex than those that are chosen by teachers. This is because they choose words that are of 
interest to them, regardless of the complexity or length. But to ensure that students are exposed to words of varying difficulty level, you can choose to include two to five mandatory words for all students to study each week. To make this multi-level, assign different mandatory words for specific students. In doing this, don't make the mistake of giving high-ability spellers more words to study. Instead, assign more complex words for high-level spellers and less complex for struggling spellers. These would be written out on a 3x5 card and given to students after they have identified the words for individual word lists. Now, a word book. Students' individual word lists would be recorded in their personal word book, which is simply a notebook, a journal, or a learning log, and these should be kept on a shelf or some other special place or some special place other than students' desks. This will ensure that it doesn't get lost or become something to tear a paper out of to use for other assignments. Keeping the word book on shelves enables you to quickly go through them as a form of formative assessment and to make comments and respond to them, creating a dialogue journal. The word book will be used throughout the week for various writing activities using the list words. And you're limited only by your imagination here in the types of activities and writing experiences you design. But the goal is to get students to use their personalized list words during the week and to recognize or manipulate letter patterns. Now, a word book like this is used in place of an expensive, consumable spelling workbook, which are of little use uh, for actually helping students spell. So, documenting growth or celebrating learning. On Fridays, you'll still give a spelling test. You can call them celebrations of learning. However, instead of giving the same test to all your students, each student will be taking his or her own individual tests. To do this, students pair up with a buddy. The first student hands the second student his or her list of spelling words. The second student then reads the words or administers the test. While the first takes the test and after the first has done, then they change places. After both tests, students record their results in their word book or in a portfolio using a line graph or a bar graph or something as a visual reference. Now, that is a simple way to do it. It's multi-level. Let's look at direct assessment of spelling. In your real life, how is your spelling assessed? How do people know if you're a good speller or a poor speller? Answer, they look at your writing. So an authentic form of spelling assessment would be words per hundred scores. Here you would examine a student's final edited draft, designated a hundred word segment, designate a hundred word segment, and then count the number of words spelled correctly in that hundred word segment to arrive at a words per hundred score. This evaluates students' ability to spell and edit under authentic writing conditions. Also, this is how real writers' spelling ability is evaluated in the real world. 
With younger students, you can do a words per 50 score or even a words per 25 score. Uh, you're limited only by your imagination. So what are the advantages of word class versus the traditional stinking spelling list? Four, first, students' ideas and experiences are valued. By their choice, students are invited to bring their world and experiences into their spelling class. They select words that they are interested in. This creates a strong connection between school life and real life and provides greater motivation to read and write. Second advantage, more time can be spent doing real writing. The goal of language arts instruction is not to fill out a stinking spelling book or to pass a grammar test. The goal of language arts class is to enable students to use the language. We want our students to be able to write effectively, to speak effectively. Too much time spent drilling, spelling, grammar, and punctuation sub-skills can get in the way of authentic writing experiences. Instruction in these areas is still very important, but it should be kept short and briskly paced so that students can get to the business of writing. Also, students' own writing provides the best context for learning these skills. Advantage number three. <clears throat> Money spent on uh, consumable spelling books can instead be used to buy real books or paper and pencils. Consumable spelling books cost anywhere from 15 to 25 bucks. Imagine how many good books you could buy for that price. In a classroom, this money could provide the basis of a nice classroom library. It is important to have exciting, interesting new books for children to read, both at home and at school. How do we expect children to read if we provide nothing of interest for them to do so? And advantage number four of word class, students develop depth and dimension to their word knowledge. There's a lot of different activities you'll see in the next podcast used in word class that will expand students' knowledge of a particular words. And since students select words that are interest of interest to them, these activities are more likely to move these words into students' productive vocabulary. That means they use them in their own speaking and writing. All right, this has been part one of a two-part series of podcasts looking at a saner approach to spelling instruction called Word Class.